This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come so, thank you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast uh, once again today. Mike Grimm uh, joining us and actually joining us from Fargo today, aren't you, Grimmer? I am, yeah. I go for hockey here uh, in Fargo along with uh, St. Cloud State and Minnesota State Mankato. They threw all three in, so um, with the three Minnesota teams. And uh, my my uh, real job with the Minnesota News Network as the sports director, we figured uh, we better send the sports director up to cover those three hockey teams. So here we are in Fargo, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing the games here. So how does it happen that the three Minnesota teams that make the tournament all wind up in the same region? Well, you know, it's a great question. I know there's a lot of people uh, in Minnesota that aren't happy about it. Uh, First of all, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Only 16 teams make it, and they try to uh, regionalize it a little bit. Um, It's not quite like men's basketball where they really – don't give a rip about the region. They just want to try to make a fair bracket. That uh, hockey is not quite to that point yet. So they want to. They do uh, worry about attendance. They worry about it. the host school. For example, um, is North Dakota. Had North Dakota made the tournament, they did not. They would have automatically been assigned the North Dakota, the Fargo region. For example, Penn State is hosting. The Allentown region is the host institution, so Penn State made the tournament, and they, as a three seed within that four-team region, are going to have home ice advantage, so to speak, in Allentown. So there's a little bit of that, and then, you know, there's that regionalism. And quite honestly, you know, it, um, you know, there's probably a little East Coast bias that they don't really care, and they just as soon see one Minnesota team make the Frozen Four as opposed to two or three. And, you know, it was two years ago, three of the four teams – we're from Minnesota, so um, there's a lot that goes in it. I think geography went into it, and then um, if you go strictly by the pairwise, which is what the committee is is assigned to do, uh, Ohio State and Penn State should be in this bracket. But um, as we mentioned, Penn State gets assigned to Allentown because it's the host institution, and uh, they separated Ohio State out to try to uh, not put two Big Ten teams in the same region and. And so instead of the 8-9 seed in the middle, it's the 6 and the 11 seed, St. Cloud and Minnesota State. So it's a long answer, but there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, I kind of expected a long answer because it does seem like it it wouldn't be, you know, the Minnesota sports fan. You've been with us long enough. We're very paranoid. We think that everybody is lined up against uh, any Minnesota sports team that we have. We think that somebody's trying to get over on us. So it really looked like, oh, they don't want, you know, you referenced it two years ago. Three of four teams were from Minnesota in the Frozen Four. So then everybody in Minnesota thinks, oh, they don't want that to happen again. So this is what they've done. Well, it might have actually been a little bit of it, you're saying, huh? I, I wouldn't be surprised. So the Big Ten rep is a guy from, is the associate athletic director. The Big Ten rep on the men's hockey committee is the associate athletic director at Michigan. And I think most pundits believe Michigan has the easiest path as the three seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, partially because Penn State, who hasn't played great hockey the last two months, they had a great start, which kept their body of work good enough to get an at-large. But 
Um, they're the three seed, even though it's kind of a road game. They're, I think most pundits think that's the easiest path, and I think most pundits think Minnesota has the hardest path uh, as the one overall seed. So uh, are there shenanigans there? Maybe. you know, I, I don't know. Who knows for sure what goes on behind closed doors. I, I don't think based purely on seeding that the Gophers uh, you know, got – got the raw end of it necessarily and that like i said it was supposed to be the eight nine they got the six which is better than the eight but they also then got the 11 in minnesota state which is not as good on paper as the nine however um given the recent success of st cloud and mankato mankato state was in or minnesota state was in the championship game last year st cloud was in the championship game the year before um and you're talking about Ohio State, who hasn't done much on the national scale. They were in the Frozen Four, I think it was three or four years ago. Michigan Tech, I think a lot of people thought Michigan Tech would, would was one of the teams that was going to get sent here instead of Mankato, mm-hmm. and they weren't. And Michigan Tech is just not as good as Mankato. They just aren't. So um, I, I think based purely on numbers, they didn't get hosed the way some people thought. Mm-hmm. I think the bigger complaint is all three are there, and so the most they can make the Frozen Four out of Minnesota is one. Um, but I also think there's no question Minnesota has the hardest path, and that isn't the way – that's not the way the bracket's supposed to be set up. You're supposed to award the top seed more than the other seeds, and, and they just didn't do that. Well, so you, you, you uh, as a coach, you're able to use that as a little motivation. I'm guessing this did not elude Bob Motzko and his staff in the least, and they might be using it a little bit. All right, they want to make it tougher on us. Let's prove it doesn't matter. Yeah, and that's exactly what his answer was. I asked him that question on Sunday, the night that the the parents were released, and he said when he was younger, um, it probably would have got him fired up. But he's like, right now, the big thing is you're in. And I think it it helps that he knows he's got a really good team, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to be favored against anybody they play. doesn't mean they're going to win. Doesn't mean they're even going to win tonight. I mean, Canisius is is uh, not, you know, they're 41st in the pairwise, which is what they go by. They got in by virtue of winning their conference tournament. They were the fourth place team in that conference, which is going to be a one bid league. So mm. the regular season champion didn't make it. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're, you know, but, but I, I do think this Monsko knows he's got a good team. And I know he, I'm guessing he thinks that they can't. They can't let that stuff bother them. They're gonna they're gonna be favored against anybody they play. So just go out and take care of business. And and he kind of made reference to when he was younger, he was he, he would get worked up over that stuff. But um, I, I'm trying to remember exactly how he phrased it. I think he said uh, opponent and place used to bug him. Uh, now it's just about you got to make sure you're playing good hockey. And um, you know he's been to a couple Frozen Fours as a coach. One last year. Uh, he, one of those was last year with the Gophers, and then he was in the Frozen Four with St. Cloud once as well. Um, he's also been the number one overall seed with St. Cloud and lost to the 16th seed, so mm-hmm. he knows what that's like. And, uh, you know, just, to, just to, to, to talk about this game tonight, Minnesota's a heavy favorite. Canisius is 41. Now, they're the 16th seed out of the 16 teams, but they're 41 in the pairwise. But let me just throw a couple of numbers out. Minnesota this year, I mean, they've been the best team in hockey, there's no doubt. But, mm-hmm. you know, hockey is a weird sport. Yep. One bad bounce all of a sudden or a hot goalie or what have you. Uh, Minnesota this year lost to Wisconsin, uh, which wasn't very good. Wisconsin's 37 in the pairwise. Uh, now, they played four times, and, and Wisconsin won one of the four. Um, so you want to make sure Canisius doesn't get that one tonight. 
Minnesota played Arizona State, which is 39th in the pairwise, twice this year and split. They're one and one. Um, and those are two of Minnesota's nine losses. They have the fewest loss, second fewest losses of anyone in the country. And, you know, hockey, you're just going to lose some games even against inferior teams because of the nature of it. But it's capable, right? I mean, you're talking Canisius is 41, Wisconsin's 37, Arizona State's 39. Those two teams found a way on one given night to beat Minnesota this year. So it's not a slam dunk. I, I, you know, I would put it less – I, I'm sorry. I would put Farley Dickinson in basketball beating Purdue less likely. That would that's a bigger upset in my opinion than what it would be tonight. Um, so it's not impossible, but Minnesota certainly heavy favorite. I expect them to win, but um, in hockey, you just it's just there's nothing to slam dunk, right? Right. Wouldn't you say Canisius is 41 pairwise? I don't know what that means. What is is that a ranking system? Uh, yeah. Sorry, so pairwise is what the committee uses. It's kind of like the net rankings in basketball okay. or the old RPI. Pairwise uses a formula. And in hockey, it's interesting. Um, uh, you know, basketball does not do it this way. In hockey, it's straight pairwise. There's no subjectivity at all. It's straight, um, it's straight whatever the rankings are. So if you're one in pairwise, you make the uh, you're you're normally the one seed. If you're two, you're usually the two seed. And then where it gets interesting is, uh, for example, Canisius is 41st, as I mentioned in this ranking. However, they got the automatic berth by winning their conference, and none of the teams in the conference in that conference were in the top 16. So whoever won that conference tournament was going to get in, and nobody else made it. So guess what? The team that's 16th in the pairwise is now booted. They're not in, um, and and that was I want to say Michigan State, and then there was also Colgate uh, in in a similar bolt. They won their conference championship. They I forget what their pairwise is, but it's well outside the 16, um, and and they, and not another team in their conference was high enough. So Alaska was 15 in the pairwise, so they don't make it. So those two get out, and then the 14th team in the pairwise. Uh, made it, and then on down the line, 13. I think Mankato was 11, as I mentioned. And, and so, but there's no, it isn't like the committee in basketball that they can look and say, look, um, uh, I think it was Cornell was 14th. They, they can't say, oh, well, Cornell's 14th in the pairwise, but um, we think Notre Dame, who was 18th, is a little better. They played a harder schedule. They have better wins, do all the quad one stuff. We're going to put them in. The hockey, the hockey committee has no choice. The rules are you just take whatever the pairwise is. That's the Bible, which uh, I kind of like. I think hockey coaches like it as well. And so um, that's a long – well, you know when you got me on it, long answers anyway. But uh, that's a long answer to what the pairwise is. It's the equivalent of the net rankings in basketball, right. except it is hard line. This is what it is, and you're in. Well, that is interesting, though. At least teams know as they're progressing through the season where they're ranking. Are they in? Are they not in? That does seem like, uh, you know, it maybe gives them a little more surety than some of those teams that are on the bubble for the for the basketball tournament. No question. No no doubt about it. And and here's, here's a unique thing. So Minnesota State Mankato played Michigan Tech in the championship game of the CCHA last Saturday in Mankato. Mankato at that was 13th in the pairwise. Michigan Tech was, I think, 11th maybe. Had Michigan or had Mankato State, Minnesota State, Mankato lost that game, it's likely they would have dipped outside that top 14 and would not have made it. Um, as it stands, they made it. One, they made it because they won the tournament and they get the automatic. But two, they also still ended up 
in the safe zone inside that what turned out to be top 14 as 11. But at 13 going in, had they lost to Michigan Tech, there's a chance with that loss, and it wasn't against you know a number one or two team that they could have they could have dropped under that 14. So um, they knew going into Saturday that it was that was almost their you know their their NCAA almost started on Saturday. You know now it, it also could be that Michigan Tech was high enough that that that, that even with the loss, Mankato State would have would have stayed in that you know above that top 14. But I think that there, there's there's a chance that that wouldn't have happened. So you're right. They they know right. They know. And then North Dakota was playing. They're out. They had no chance. They were like 18th or 19th. Mm-hmm. They're playing St. Cloud State. If they pull the upset on St. Cloud State and get the automatic berth, then who's ever 14th uh, gets booted and and North Dakota's in. So um, it's one of the more fun weekends of college hockey. That last weekend, there was that weird thing back in had to be 2017 or 2018 where Minnesota. Everyone had them locked as an at-large bid to get into the NCAA tournament, except there were six, I think six outcomes on that final weekend that had to happen, and like five of the six were upsets, and it happened. Like, it literally was a 1% chance, and Minnesota got booted. Duluth made it as the last team in and then won the national championship. <laughs> That's right. So that tells you, that tells you what, uh, how, how crazy uh, college hockey can be, that the number one team this year is Minnesota. The number two team this year in terms of talent and stuff is Michigan. Michigan won last week in the Big Ten tournament championship between those two teams. And you play this tournament with these same 16 teams 100 times. And uh, Pat Micheletti, you know, one of the great all-time gophers, told me, a couple weeks ago when I asked him if you played it a hundred times, how many times would Minnesota, who most everybody thinks is, you know, the best team would be favored in every game. Uh, how many times out of a hundred would Minnesota win this if we're played a hundred times? And he said, no more than 15 or 20. Right. Mm-hmm. So right. think about that. Michigan might win it eight to 10 and everyone else might win it three or four times. And Denver last year was not the favorite. They end up winning. And that's the way hockey is. You know, Yale won it as a 16. Uh, Duluth won it as the last team in, as I mentioned a couple of years ago, and then they won it as the best team as well. So um, that's the beauty of hockey in a one-and-done deal. So that's why you just can't assume anything uh, in men's hockey, and, and uh, that, that's what makes this a pretty cool event. Yeah, so the Sweet 16 uh, tonight, they'll get down to the Frozen Four uh, after Saturday's uh, region championships. Uh, Grimmer, tell us a little bit about Don Plitzel-White, the new uh, women's basketball coach. Yeah, I think a good hire. I really do. Um, you know, I I think a lot of people throwing out the term home run hire. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I, I would concur. Uh, mm-hmm. She um, has a great track record. She's got a base of knowledge within the footprint of the Big Ten Conference. Um, she has the one year of coaching experience at the Power 6 level, Power 5 level with West Virginia, where she just took the Mountaineers to the tournament. Um, she had those six years at South Dakota where they were, you know, one of the best day in South Dakota State, basically, were the two uh, powerhouse teams in that Summit League. Um, prior to that, she won a national championship at the Division II level as a head coach at Grand Valley State. She was uh, an assistant at Michigan, an assistant at Wisconsin, and before that, an assistant at Wisconsin Green Bay when they had their great run. So, um, you know, that, uh, her best player through that magical run at South Dakota was from Minnesota. Um, in fact, she has two upper Midwest players committed to that West Virginia team, and I'll be interested to see if they might change their mind and, and maybe come to Minnesota. Um, I liked her personality. I didn't know much about her other than what I've read. It was interesting, the uh, 
you know, you see the those who really follow women's basketball closely when when the job opened, um, you know, everyone had their list, and it usually included her, but it also usually included the caveat, it's doubtful she'll leave West Virginia after just one year. Mm. And one of the, I think, underrated parts of the hire is that Mark Coyle was the man doing the hiring. And if you remember, Mark Coyle left Syracuse after one year to come to Minnesota because it was kind of, you know, you can't control the timing. Uh, he's a Midwest guy, um, was at Minnesota at a previous time as the marketing director, loved Minnesota. His sister lives in Rochester. His mom lives in Waterloo, Iowa, which is, you know, a little three-hour trek south. And so the timing was such after one year he left. And uh, in talking with Mark this week, he was my guest on the pod, on, on my Go Gopher podcast, which just popped this morning if mm -hmm. people want to listen to it. Uh, but a piece in that, we talked about that, and I think it's an underrated part. I think normally she might have said, yeah, I'm not going to leave after one year. And I think Mark nudged her a little bit saying, look, I went through it. It's okay. I give you permission. I'll help you through it. <laughs> and she listened and said, oh, really? Okay, well, hang on here a second. If the AD went through it, I think I can do it. And here she is. So I, I like the hire. She was feisty um, in a good way. I don't mean, you know, in an irritating way. I, I You know, she's a point guard as a player. Um, and, uh, you know, I think she's going to challenge these players and hopefully uh, she'll get the uh, these, these guys playing really well and, and I think the future's bright. So, yeah, I like the hire a lot. Sounds like she came in and as soon as it happened, boy, she was up here talking to the players right away. And so has she locked down her roster? I mean, at least the returning players are all returning or, or is there still a chance that some could decide to, to transfer out? It's a good question. The four freshmen, you know, that were part of that top ten recruiting class, have all publicly said they're staying. They're mm -hmm. they're in. Um, now Rose Mishaw, who was their leading scorer and leading rebounder, she really emerged. Like at the start of the year, she was struggling. By the end of the year, she was the person on the scouting report for the other team that they had to shut down. She had a, a, a lot of double doubles late in the year. Uh, she has entered the transfer portal, so I think it's a good bet that she is going to leave. But I also think there's a good bet that um, that Dawn Plitzelwhite is going to have some players that are going to come in. She's going to be able to hit the transfer portal herself uh, through connections, through different things. And, and and so I think the roster will get locked down. She had a busy Saturday. I, I found it interesting. I was at that Minnesota-Michigan hockey championship game, and they introduced her there. And I thought, oh, she stopped and she stayed for the hockey game. Well, I found out later that was about a three-minute visit just to get her up on the video board and to welcome her in because, um, again, forgetting and not thinking, right across the street at Williams Arena was the girls' state championship games going uh, on. Sure. So she spent most of Saturday night at, 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 the, uh, at the championship games but mixed in a team dinner. They had a team dinner on campus because uh, she got in Saturday morning and um, hosted the team and, for the local kids, their families. And they had a good talk, it sounds like, and um, she established some expectations and said, hey, look, I'm going to be hard on you guys at times, but I'm going to love you. And um, I think it's a good mix. The, the freshmen, uh, I talked to a couple of them on Monday when after the introductory press conference, and um, they were all in. They, they basically said, we want to be challenged. We want to be pushed. We want to win. And so... I think that um, after some uneasy times, because they, you know their head coach, it, you know that recruited them there, Lindsey Weatherly was no longer going to be their head coach. They weren't sure. I think now they feel pretty good about the situation, and and I tip my cap to Lindsey as well because Lindsey Whalen, um, uh, I know uh, 
had a message for those four freshmen, especially that said, look, you wanted to be Gophers just because I left doesn't mean you can't be. Right. Lindsay, when you remember, she, she went through three coaches during her time at Minnesota. She started her freshman year with Cheryl Littlejohn. Uh, then Brenda Freeze came on board. Uh, and then the last two years, it was Pam Borton. Pam Borton, remember, was the coach who took them to the, to the uh, Final Four. Mm-hmm. So Lindsay said, look, you want to be Gophers, be Gophers. Don't be bitter. Go do it. And so I give her credit for that as well. Great. Grimmer, thanks so much. I always appreciate it. Yeah, always, always enjoy it, Todd. Thanks. We'll talk next week. Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.